Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow! I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along to the Melchester Odyssey. Uh, I have in my left hand the 23rd of April, 1983 edition of Roy of the Rovers comic. Um, that's not one with Melchester on the front cover. Uh, it's got... Fuck, I don't even know which story that is. Danny? Who's Danny? Which story is he from again? Is he Is he the, the kid in the... Is he the wheelchair wonder? He might be. I don't know. I can't find it. Uh, is that on page two? Yeah, yeah, Danny Kid, the wheelchair wonder. So um, I'm sure we were all engrossed by that at the time, but I've got very little recollection of it. Um, so very little to talk about on the front page, so we'll go further in to the Roy the Rover story, because that's where all the action's happening. And my mm. God, it's about to uh, reach a fucking peak. Oh, the first thing I've seen is Blackie Grey with his slightly toweled hair. Damp mm. hair. So we'll, we'll come up to that later, but that, that stood out when I turned the page. Um, what does it tell us at the beginning? Top left-hand corner in the yellow box, as always, tells us where we're at in the story. And it says, Unhappy with mounting criticism of his team management, Roy Race had received a fabulous offer to become player manager of Walford Rovers. Everyone expected him to reject the offer, but when he was publicly rebuked by some Melchester Rovers directors following a victory over Redstoke, it was almost the last stroke for Roy. The last straw, sorry, even. I'll decide when the last stroke is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The last straw, that's something that, with regret, I have come to realise I have no control over. The last stroke, that very much is in my wheelhouse. I can control that. As for the last straw, that is in the hands of God and no one else. Uh, (laughs) The only only being I will bow to. (laughs) And he is a being. My maker and yours, God. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome God. Uh, Sir John God. Uh, So Roy is, he's sitting wearing, still wearing a goalkeeper's jersey. Because he'd be playing in goal. I wish I'd had time to fucking get changed, but believe me, with my life the way it is at the moment, no chance. <laughs> when the last straw comes, you don't get dressed up for it. It just happens. 
<laughs> and that's what's happening now. The way I imagine death is that all of a sudden everything goes black and that's it. You don't know anything. There's no warning. Especially if you die at the hands of a mafia hitman, which is how I'd probably expect to go, in all honesty. <laughs> a hero's death. Bang. Don't- yeah, don't give me one of them long drawn out deaths in hospital. To be fair, oh, when that lad shot me a couple of years ago, that. when that lad shot me, I wish he'd finished me off. Oh, yeah, I'm a bit disappointed when I woke is, up. What it turned out was he was a fucking amateur. What I want is to be finished by a pro, someone with one of them silencers on the end of his gun. You know, black leather gloves, no fingerprints left. He discards them and he'll never be caught. An air of mystery will surround the death of Roy Race for generations. That's the way I see it happening anyway. I'll tell you this, and I've not said it to anybody else, but the moment I woke up from that coma, I've never felt more vulnerable in my life. It's the first time I've never been in control of the situation. I was there in hospital bed, wired up the machines. I couldn't do a thing. It was terrible. I thought, just kill me now. Smother me with a pillow. I almost didn't feel in charge of when my final stroke would come. That's how bad I felt. <laughs> I tried grasping at the wires on the machine. Just wanted to end it. This is Ripping no, no life, me. I thought. Like Darth Vader when he gets dead angry. I said, Doctor, will I recover? He said, Yes. I said, Right, I'll stick with it then. Otherwise, I would have just pulled the machines out <laughs> and leapt out the fucking window. <laughs> Fifth floor, bang, dead on the pavement. I wasn't even. <laughs> Age just 30. <laughs> I wasn't even capable of leaping. I would have just dragged myself across the floor. Flopped like, out. Like a drug donkey. Flopped myself out of my death. myself out the window and shouted TTFN as I fucking plummeted to me doom. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to go. Alf Ramsey could have Splattered took over. all over the pavement outside of Melchester General. <laughs> Show that to the kids, if you dare. <laughs> over to you, David Skew. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about pen. I've got a fucking big rubble sack full of cash, used notes buried up in the woods. Blackie knows where to point at. He gets his percentage. It's all arranged. There's some sausage rolls sure there as well. There's some sausage I'm... rolls in flasks. <laughs> that one for her and one each for the kiddies. Keep them nourished while they're digging. With their money. <laughs> There you go. There's something to perk you up. As for Blackie, I can't see him bouncing back mentally or emotionally. So Ralph's going to have a job on his hands. He's going to have two top players to replace. I oh. guarantee it. He'll check out within a month of my death. For fucking <laughs> certain. How? I do not know. But he'll be gone. Because I know for certain these tight fuckers at Melchester's not going to fork out to replace us. So Ralph's <laughs> going to have a job on his hands. Uh, he'll have to buy some of the players from Spandau Ballet. Get them in. They'll do a job. Well, that's for later. I've left some notes in a sealed envelope in a safety deposit box for Ralph Ramsey. For FOI, that's for the attention of Alf Ramsey in the event of my Roy Race's death. Please open in in event of emergency. Here are some notes on what your next move should be. Number one, contact Spandau Ballet's management ASAP. Make a media contact. You'll be able to reach them via the headquarters of the official Top 40 charts. They'll pass on the details. You're going to need them. 
They're the only people who are going to be able to offer that combination of athleticism and pizzazz that Blackie and I have infused this club with for generations. Oh, Jesus, we're going to come to that at some point, aren't we? Spandau Ballet signing for Melchester. Yeah. Uh, stick around. Um, right, so, yeah, he's in his goalkeeper's jersey. The last straw has occurred. Um, and he's uh, in his office. That's a very shiny desk he's got, isn't it? Look at that. Is that a mirrored top? I have it polished tell. daily. Shiny high back leather seat as well. God, he's doing this the in The thing luxury. is, I very rarely sit at this desk. You'll not have seen me before, right? I hardly ever sit because I'm much more of a tracksuit manager out <laughs> on the training pitch. I'm an active man. <laughs> it very rarely gets smudged. <laughs> no one else is allowed in here. In fact, I've made it entirely air tight to prevent any microscopic germs or bacterium <laughs> coming into my atmosphere. <laughs> so he's got his um, the phone in one hand and he's also got his uh, contacts book open there. God, I wish we could get a close-up on that. That would be brilliant. Uh, and he's dialing the number with the other hand. And, of course, he is calling the chairman of Walford Rovers. Enough is enough. I mean, the directors, as we said last week, the directors of Melchester have come into the, the playing area, the dressing room area, and absolutely bollocked him, um, yeah. even though they won the match and that Roy was partially the hero for going in goal. Um, and that doesn't seem like the right thing to do after a victory, especially when your manager has slightly had his head turned by a multi-million pound offer from one of your rival clubs. It just they seems don't know that, do they? But they, they're very complacent. No, they do. No, they do. Oh, they it, do it's know. It's been openly talked about. Yeah, yeah. And of course, oh, they, yeah, they, they, they don't saying, give a fuck. Yeah, they were going, oh, he'll never go. He'll, he'll, he's yeah. Melchester through and through. He'll stay forever. That gives he us the right to go down there. Good thing. We, we can go down there and call him a cunt. Call him anything <laughs> we want. We're in charge here. He's ours. He's our little bitch. Um, of course he's not is he and he's uh, he's thinking to himself as he's about to dial the number when I can't make a decision without worrying if it's going to upset someone it's time to do something about it so in the next frame what have we got we've got the directors uh, and sort of just fucking hangers on by the looks of it I don't know who these other cunts are um Outside the locked door of Roy's office, who's gone in and locked the door. Um, one of them says, one of the directors says, I'll bet he's telephoning Harvey Rawson right now, thanks to you, Sam. <laughs> Fuck off. This cunt here, he was one of the ones who was giving fucking both barrels to Roy last week. <laughs> he's trying to shift the blame really quick. That's your fault, Sam, you silly bastard. Yeah. And at the next fucking annual general meeting, I will be proposing that you stand down as chairman to be replaced by yours fucking truly. <laughs> <laughs> And Sam Barlow says, oh, charming. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Oh, There's more charming. than one fucking butcher in this town, Barlow. All of us here are butchers. There are eight different butchers on Melchester High Street. Each of them stand here now before you. Each of us have a significant stake in Melchester Rovers. Yes, pun intended. <laughs> but which butcher shall prevail? Soon we will get the answer to that question. <laughs> the eight butchers of Melchester in a power struggle for the local football team. 
This union of butchers is wafer thin, as well you know. <laughs> yes, we are prepared to join together for the sake of this football club, but ultimately, we are butchers. We are sole traders. We are our own men. <laughs> we are butchers to the end, yes. <laughs> but the only way that we have been able to devote ourselves to meet the preparation and sale thereof is by being, in a way, extremely selfish. And extremely it's the ruthless. Only way, it's the only way a butcher can prevail in the modern world. <laughs> you don't see a baker standing here, do you? There's a reason for that. They don't You'll have never the meet a socialist mentality. butcher, because a butcher has got more common sense than that. Socialism <laughs> is fine in theory, but in practice, it's every fucking man for themselves, and that's never truer than in the world of meat. We'll happily do our bit in a socialist utopia. We will ensure that meat is provided for everybody from the top to the bottom of society. But don't ask us to like it. (laughs) I'll follow your rules for as long as they are the rules and for as long as you are the one setting them. Nothing's forever. Let's remember that. But we'll back to what's going on in that office. Joseph Stalin. He was a good man in many ways. Misunderstood? Yes. Did he make bad decisions? Possibly. Was he striving for a better Russia? Of course. Did he make mistakes? Were the Russian people ever short of meat during his reign? Yeah, permanently. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> that was one of his mistakes. Did he lock up all the butchers in Russia? And the states that, that were presided over by the Soviet Union. Yes, he Again, did. Yes. Uh, they were all sent away. Lots of them disappeared mysteriously. <laughs> and the state took hold of all the meat. <laughs> and where did that meat end up? No one knows. But something tells me most of it was in old Stalin's fucking freezer cabinet. <laughs> this is not Russia Steak 50 every years night ago. Of the week for that bastard. This is Melchester 1983. Which is, this is the modern era. <laughs> Things are different. What's going on in the Soviet Union now with their meat situation shrouded in mystery? I don't mm. want to know. <laughs> so uh, Sam Bowler replies, Oh, charming. I seem to remember that we all had a go at Roy for pulling off Charlie Carter. <laughs> Indeed, they did. Uh, charming. It's quite a camp charming. phrase, that, isn't it? Oh, charming. charming. Oh, get her. <laughs> and he then, rattled your case <laughs> and then the third director says no just a minute <laughs> but I don't know oh, what he's going to do you're not the only butchers here <laughs> I want my butchers say too <laughs> um, so they're bickering outside the fucking uh, the door of the office and then we're back in the dressing room and it says as the directors argued the players were in total confusion Ah, there's Jimmy Slade saying, but he just can't leave us, can he, Blackie? The club wouldn't let him go. And, um, oh, God, who's that with the blonde hair? Is that the new... No, it's not the new player, is it? Is that... Uh, he's no, the new player's Ginger. Bloke. I don't know who he is. Um, he says, what about Roy's contract? <gasps> then Blackie responds with an absolute bombshell revelation. It's, oh, it's Steve, <laughs> Steve Naylor. Because Blackie yeah. responds. He, Steve Dillis says, what about Roy's contract? Blackie says, there isn't one, Steve. But he oh! says it so casually whilst toweling at his hair. Because yeah. he cannot wait. He cannot ever pass up an opportunity to demonstrate to the other lads how much closer he is to Roy than they exactly. will ever be. Exactly. Look at his I bit. know all of Roy's private business. 
Believe me, there's stuff I know that'd make your hair stand on end, but I'll never tell you because I'm loyal. However, I will tell you about his contractual status with the club. <laughs> we can see Blackie's nipple as well. It's not often we get to see yeah. that. Um, Blackie's tit, Blackie's which was right a, for tit. a while a spin-off strip in elsewhere in the comic, Blackie's tit. <laughs> a uh, new 12-part spin-off series <laughs> starring Blackie Grey. And his Blackie Grey was a young footballer born with an amazing secret. He had a magic tit. <laughs> an enchanted tit. <laughs> <laughs> he was born with an enchanted tit. <laughs> when he rubbed it and made a wish, the most incredible things would happen. <laughs> uh, um, so he's toweling his hair. He says, that isn't what Steve, the Chancellor of Roy, ever wanting to leave the Rovers seems so remote. It was decided a long time ago, that there was no need for a contract. Roy can leave the club whenever he likes. It's like Tony Wilson in Factory Records. It's like Tony Wilson in Factory Records. All their contracts are written on the back of fucking beer mats and things like that. And the the, the artists owned all their recordings and the the company owned nothing and they could leave at any time. And look what happened there. Fell apart, didn't it? Yeah, but that, yeah, I could see what Tony Wilson was thinking because contracts are really boring and they're yeah. really Lampardy, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, and he didn't want to be involved in any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's just Lampardy, isn't it? Uh, I want a long contract explaining every single thing that could ever happen mm. and what my rates would be in that situation. I mean, I know they're necessary and I've probably benefited from contracts in the past on both sides Mm. But they are the ultimate tool of the Lampard, aren't they? Well, it's, it's, Please refer to the contract. It's good because so many bands have been shafted by companies that have just presented contracts with them and gone, here, sign this. And the bands mm. have gone, oh, all right then, we're going to be famous. We'll sign on the dotted line and we'll be they millionaires look, in a week. And then, of is course, that your impression of Slade signing their first Might contract? Have been. Who knows? Did or they UB run 40? into contractual problems? <laughs> or UB40, maybe. Um, yeah. But, uh, all the specials. All the specials. No, all yeah. we want to do is bring school music to the people in prison, to the disenfranchised youth. A <laughs> unified blacks and whites together. Just give us a contract and we'll not do well, sinners. We're signing you bastards. <laughs> I don't care about the money. We have I'm Terry Hall, I'm on a mission. Jalapeño. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jalapeño. We haven't got contracts, have we, for Top Flight Time Machine? Me and you? No, the, the, the contract elders have never offered us one. I mean, just between ourselves, it's just uh, completely based on trust, isn't it? Or yeah. mistrust. <laughs> Which is it? We we find that a mutual mistrust <laughs> operates much like the Cold War did <laughs> between America and the United States. Each one cautiously eyeing the other every day, waiting for them to make the first move. A Both mu- paralysed by fear. A mutual deterrent exists between us. <laughs> <laughs> um so, yeah, Blackie drops that bombshell about Roy's contract not existing. Amazing. The, cha- the chances of him ever wanting to leave seemed so remote. Well, guess what? I never admit to anything, I never sign anything, <laughs> and I never fucking say anything of significance outside of one particular payphone in Melchester High Street. <laughs> Those are my three rules, and they've set me all right this far. Aye, Roy Race, I'm a free man of the land. Contracts <laughs> do not... Do not Exist in my mind. Blackie, even if I wanted to sign a contract, I couldn't. Do you know why? I do not have a signature. That's one of the rarely known things about me. I do not have one. I also Inventing a signature for yourself like most kids do when they're at school by practising over and over again. It's a mugs game. I knew even when I was a lad. The moment you have a signature, the government got have a hold over you. <laughs> I also so I never do sign not autographs. Pen. I never. I don't. Have I don't a pen. own any pens. Look in my house. You won't find a pen or a pencil anywhere. There's a, some crayons that uh, the lads got edible ones, but uh, they don't count. They don't count. You can't sign a legal document. It, it doesn't count as legal if it's signing crayon. I've actually ripped a few people off that way on a on a higher purchase agreement for our new three piece suite last year. Fucking signed it in crayon. Signed I haven't paid them a crayon. penny since. When they came knocking for their money, I said, fucking read the small print. <laughs> I signed it in crayon, you dopey bastards. Don't count. Plus, as well, it's not even my signature because I don't have one. <laughs> you shouldn't have trusted me just because you'd seen me on telly. A lot of people make that mistake. <laughs> you would not believe some of the shit celebrities are getting away with these days. <laughs> Um, so over to uh, the ground of Walford Rovers where a league match against Carford had just ended after a late kickoff. Um, nice bit of detail there to explain why it's just ended. <laughs> uh, and uh, Harvey's uh, Harvey Rawson's number two, who I think might be Roy Castle. Um, he's a really weird looking <laughs> creep. He's, he's, he's the Smithers character. Yeah. And he says, uh, another defeat, Harvey. It's time we appointed a new manager so that the players would know where they stand. <laughs> Don't you think? Would you like me to give you a hard job now, Harvey? <laughs> no, I would not. Now is not the time. Perhaps later. <laughs> and Harvey Ross says, we need more than just another manager, John. He's called John. <laughs> John. He's called John. John, if that is your name. John, I wish you to have your surname removed from the records. I want to know you only as John. <laughs> Very well, Harvey. As you, as you wish, sir. you say? Uh, Harvey Rawson. Uh, it says, millionaire chairman Harvey Rawson had already sacked two managers since his arrival at Walford. Oh, yeah, that's the you want to go into, isn't it? <laughs> Fucking hell. 
He says, uh, I know the man I want, but I should have known that all the money in the world couldn't entice him away from. And then the door opens and someone shouts, Mr. Rawson, telephone call. It's Roy Rice. He wants to speak to you personally. <laughs> Look at Rawson's face. It's like Christmas well, Day. Well, I'll be. Well, I'll be. Fucking. Of course, Harvey Rawson, played by Howard Keel. Uh, he leaps up towards the door and we turn the page he's on the phone there to Roy uh, soon and it's one of those great frames where there's a, a zigzag line dividing oh, the two halves so you can see both mm. both callers on the call together Roy with his old fashioned red telephone Harvey Rawson with his very modern Noel Edmonds-esque trim phone trim phone Mm. Uh, Millionaires in those days would only speak on trim phones. Millionaires, including Noel Edmonds. Yeah. And he says, uh, Roy says, there's still one or two things to sort out. I just wanted to make sure what you meant, that you meant what you said about my being in full control at Watford. Watford? (laughs) Watford. Fucking hell. It's dark in here. Um, Harvey Rawson says, "Mm, every word, Roy. Can I take it that your answer is yes? (laughs) fucking hell (laughs) this is massive Uh, then moments later back at Melchester Stadium all the the directors are all the butchers they're all still hanging around outside the locked door Roy emerges looking stone faced Uh, they say he's coming out some baller about time Roy maybe he wants some sausages or a nice bit of offal (laughs) don't be daft (laughs) He's not thinking about meat now. No. I'm always thinking about meat. <laughs> well, that's why you're not Roy Racing. He is. Plus, I'm shut for the weekend and I need to get these sausages shifted as quick as I can. I'll be giving them <laughs> out to fans in the off, car park. If they go off, I'll have to chuck them in the canal again. <laughs> uh, I'll give them to Toppy Morgan. He'll eat them. Toppy <laughs> Morgan. We'll have them raw. He you likes know, raw sausage. He says he prefers them when they're a bit off. He says that it adds tang. <laughs> it adds tang. Oh, Although what tang is sausage. <laughs> and you can't really get real tang unless they're a couple of days past the bath. There's no sweeter taste than that of a free sausage. <laughs> Mate, can I just quickly, quickly ask you something? I think yes. I know the answer. Mm. You see how, uh, um, what's his name, Harvey's on his trim phone there. Yeah. Can you honestly look me in the eye and tell me that you have never been on eBay and considered buying an old Edmund style trim phone for your rig? Um, I actually haven't, I don't think. I don't really? think I have, no. But I'm thinking when about When we were it now, doing the Noel Edmonds deep dive, Christmas well, deep dive, yeah. I was exposed to so much trim phone action that obviously... I mean, I never use a landline anymore, but I've got a really irritating hands-free one that sits in the hallway and occasionally it rings and you always know it's just some fucking, you know, telesales yeah. or something. Uh, yeah. But I suppose you still have to have one. So my attitude was, well, why not just have a trim phone? Exactly. Then you, as a kid, you'd think to yourself, wouldn't you, I've made it once I have a trim phone. Yeah, I'm looking at them now on eBay. It might happen. What sort of prices? Well, there's one there for uh, £10.50, 
this but one is it new or is it vintage? Well, this is it. I'm looking at vintage. There's some new ones. There's a one that I describes itself as retro funky green trim phone. Oh, which I is don't obviously, like the use of that word, yeah. I, I don't know whether the old ones would still work, do they? Because uh, as, the, as the, 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 the connection not changed, the, ex- yeah. the telephone exchange... Not You'd have to get then. it um, re. What do you call it? Repurposed. I don't know. Those are yeah. Busby era ones, aren't they? When Busby but, was still in charge yeah. of the telephone network. I'm looking on it. A rotary trim phone from the late sixties, early seventies in cream colours. Spares, repair, or just leave as. So yeah, it doesn't co- convince me that it's going to work, does it? I don't know. I'll do some research. I'll I'll try and get in touch with Edmonds and see if he's got any of his personal ones that he'd be willing yeah, to consider selling. He, he must have. He must have. Um, a trim phone. A trim phone. I've got a fucking big yellow storage unit filled with the cunts. <laughs> I had fucking loads of them. Biggest collection in Europe. I had BT sending me free ones every fucking week back in the early 80s. Couldn't get enough of them. <laughs> I was fucking swimming in trim phone. And trim, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell my then wife Helen <laughs> anyway back to this uh, yeah so uh, he's coming out says one of the butchers and Sam Barlow says about time Roy I never expected such temperamental behaviour from the manager of Melchester Rovers oh this isn't going to help at all I'm trying to bring him down a peg or two he says, I- I'm amazed at you sulking in your office like that. And I demand to know who you were telephoning. Was it Harvey <laughs> Rawson? <laughs> it was, was it who? Was it Harvey Rawson? Gosh, it, it was fucking actually, was. It was actually a bit of side fanny that is of no concern to you. Would you like it if I started asking you about your side fanny? Believe me, I know all about it. <laughs> all of it. Maybe I've had your phone tapped for the last eight years, Sam. Maybe I haven't. That's for you to wonder about. Next We're question. We're getting into difficult territory here, so think very carefully before you start asking me who I've been on the phone to. <laughs> he says, oh, God, he just fucking hits it with a straight bat. He says, there'll be a statement for everyone, Mr Chairman, in due course. Oh, in due course. <laughs> ah, when you uh, pull a phrase like that out, you know things are getting serious. And then he marches off. Look at him marching away. And Barlow says, that's not good enough. This is in bold type, so he's obviously shouting at him. I want to see you in my office right now, Roy. And the other one, the bald one, pulls him back and says, Sam, for goodness sake, you're only making things worse. Yeah, you really are. <laughs> um... Roy you continues to march. Lost it. Roy continues to march on. He says, "Things can't get any worse. If old Sam hadn't tried to bully me just now, I might have been prepared to talk things out, work something out." As Penny once said, "Melchester Rovers are my life. This stadium is full of memories for me." And he's marched up the tunnel, looking over at the empty stadium. There's a few people there cleaning up the terraces, sweeping up groundsmen, forking the pitch. And then we see some memories there of some of the players that he's played alongside, most of whom we don't know. Um, who's that one with the glasses? Is that Jeff, whatever he's called? It he was the old fella. Yeah, that's the one who uh, left right at the beginning of the Odyssey. Yeah, and they, they had a, a good a farewell lunch for him, didn't they? Yeah, they the di- with their dicky bows on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that was the first appearance of the Feathers when like Roy and Blackie went down the feathers afterwards for a sort of after party mm. that didn't involve Jeff, whatever his name is. 
And Jeff then Giles. there's that other Jeff Giles, that was him. Jeff Giles, yeah. And then the one with the red hair, isn't that Lofty? Lofty Peak. Yeah, of course Lofty it is. Lofty Peak. And then I don't know, that... That, that looks like Vernon Elliott up yeah. top right, who we haven't seen in a while, but they never announced the the retirement of, so he's just drifted out of things. And is that Toby Morton in the bottom right, but before he got oh, really fast? <laughs> sausages. Oh, thanks for, thanks for recording me and your memories, Ryan. I'm very humbled. Can I just say how honoured I am to occupy just a small space in your mind, <laughs> even when you're not with me like? I don't deserve it, Roy. I'm a very weak man in many ways. <laughs> and there's a couple of goals he scored and trophies that he's brandishing. It's all been good times. He says, uh, goals I've scored, the players I've known, great matches the world will never forget. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell. All right. The world and his wife. <laughs> That time we got relegated. No, no, let's not think about that. Uh, but maybe the club has become too big, even for Roy Race. I have created a monster, and now <laughs> I must slay the monster. And then go and create a new one And bump the monster to death. <laughs> uh, he says, uh, and then in the final panel he says, and if I make the break, at least there's one consolation. I'll still be Roy of the Rovers. Because, of course, he will go to Walford Rovers, which is very convenient. I always said, if I ever do leave, it has to be for another Rovers, which really <laughs> narrowed my opportunities, obviously, because there's only another three clubs going by that name <laughs> in this country, and I would never, ever move to the continent on principle. <laughs> I will not. Like Ringo Starr, I will not go abroad. <laughs> <laughs> Non-negotiable. Sorry, next question. <laughs> and, um, so, yeah... It says next week the decision the whole soccer world has been waiting for, and marks out a ten. That's got to be a ten, hasn't it? That's a That's ten, a massive ten. They're fucking teasing this storyline out so much though, because every single week they leave you feeling like. That's it. Next week he goes. Yeah. And then you get to next week and they, they sort of drag out the next two minutes. Because yeah. the last four issues have all been surrounding the aftermath of one yeah. match. It's got longer four, than the It's worse match. than our fucking our, our bloody progress rate. <laughs> they they cover like a minute over like ten pages. Yeah, it's gone on longer than the uh, the cricket match last summer. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there, that's that's that. It's a brief look. <laughs> Do you know at, what? Well, you just quickly, you know that cricket match last summer. That was probably Roy's most formidable ever opponent. Was that fucking Aussie cricketer who fucking just trolled yeah. Roy all summer, and now yeah. he fucking said. And he sat back there reading the paper in fucking Melbourne or wherever, isn't he? Going, <laughs> yeah. knew everything would implode after that summer. Yeah. Got him. <laughs> Apparently, Roy Race has fucking lost his mind. <laughs> He's thinking of leaving the club. And the whole fucking thing's gone tits up. <laughs> well, I'd like to say I'm surprised. <laughs> Guess who sold the seeds? Yours truly. <laughs> uh, and that, we'll just have a quick look at Roy's message, which appears every week. He says, hi, pals. <laughs> pals. <laughs> <laughs> the big question right now on the soccer scene, yes, it is a scene, is will Roy <laughs> Race see? And you're either a part of it or you're not. Choose now. you become a part of it? Don't know. Just you carry with you a certain, a certain je ne sais quoi, as the French might say. <laughs> you're either in the scene or you're outside with your nose pressed up against the glass. Sorry, that's the way <laughs> it is. You're never, ever getting in. 
He says, Will Roy Race leave Melchester Rovers? You, the readers, and anyone else who's interested will know the answer by next week. <laughs> who else is going to be interested who's not reading it? Um, I don't know. Maybe your mum. <laughs> he says, I'm on the brink of quitting a marvellous setup, a place which has been a second hope to me for years. Why? Because for the first time since I became player manager, people are trying to tell me how to do my job. I know how to do it! <laughs> All right. Calm down, Roy. Don't shout at the kids. They're on your side. Uh, he says, I'm an experienced, confident man. <laughs> so me. You fucking are. And I wouldn't exactly say I was lacking in ability or humility, but I've got to be my own boss. Wolford Rovers have guaranteed I could do things my way, and my way of operating has proved very successful in the past. <laughs> my CV <laughs> speaks for itself, boys and girls. <laughs> uh, he says, stay tuned, pals. <laughs> so uh, there we go. We'll find out what happens next week. But he's made the phone call. He's made contact with Harvey Rawson, and it's looking inevitable. So we'll be back with more next week. Thank you very much, and goodbye. Goodbye. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.